All right, so as promised, this is the pharmacy residency application course, lesson one. And what are your residency interview rates? So before we get started with doing anything, uh, we really want to know, based on the school you're at, what are your chances to get an interview for a residency? And I wanted to preface this by looking at the way that physicians have a ton of information or M4s, uh, those graduating from uh, medical school. And what we want to do is build our information in a similar way uh, to kind of estimate, you know, what are our chances of getting a residency? How many applications do I need to send out? How many interviews do I need? Uh, and all of that. So let's get started with the show. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Remember the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I wanted to take this first lesson in our residency series to actually talk about our friends over in medicine and what they have and what we want to do is try to create it in the aggregate. So what medicine has is something called Residency Explorer and you can explore literally the specialties that you'd be interested in. One of the hardest specialties to get into in medicine is dermatology. So I'm going to choose dermatology and then I'm going to continue and um, what you can do is you can put in your profile. So your experiences and standardized exam scores to see and compare to applicants who matched in each program. Okay, then we already have the explore programs and uh, we also have compare, pro well, not really compare programs, but we can look at programs, but we can't add our standardized exam scores because we really don't have them. But let's see how they do it in medicine. Okay, so we're going to go here, okay. All right, and the way this works is we're going to put that, you know, I've had two work experiences, two volunteer experiences, two research experiences, and one peer-reviewed publication. Say I'm a USMD senior, and then I have USMLE step scores. Now, what they're looking for, and you're only allowed to do this three times uh, as the, the med students do it, because what they don't want you doing is using this as a tool to like figure out like, well, what kind of score do I need? Uh, so you can only do it, I think, three entries and you can never uh, enter it anymore. So what is your latest USMLE step one score? And so you can uh, input a new score there. Okay. And so the scoring is a little bit weird because you can theoretically get 300, but the highest score ever recorded, I think, is like 277. So most are scoring between 140 and 260, and to pass, uh, you have to get a 196. So um, I think the national mean was around 230 uh, or something like that, and so or 232. So what I'll do is I'll say that I have just an average score uh, of 232, okay? And the USMLE Step 2 CK score, the, the average is, is around 240. Um, so let's say that uh, I average, you know, right around 242. Okay, so 75th percentile is around 256, 25th percentile is around 232. So what I'm doing is I'm giving myself average scores. Okay, so I'm going to continue and we're going to see what happens. Okay, the results are being calculated as we speak. Okay, and then with those scores, as I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay, well, percent of matched applicants who are USMD, 
and then it tells me in terms of profile comparison uh, how I'm doing relative to other applicants. And so if we look at the key here, uh, when you look at a, this circle, that would be if I were applying to the University of Alabama Medical Center, okay, I would be in the lower 25% of matched applicants. My step two would also be in the lower 25%, as were my publications and research, and my volunteer experience uh, would be below the range of matched applicants, and my work experience would be in the middle 50%. Okay? Uh, for the Mayo College of Medicine and Science Arizona program, uh, you can see that I've got two minuses below the range of matched applicants, two in the lower 25, and then two that are in the 50%. Okay, and then when we kind of switch this around and we're going by, oops. And so what I wanted to do is kind of take some place that you might know of. So let's just say Yale, which is in the Ivy League. So the Yale New Haven Medical Center program, I would be in lower 25% of matched applicants for all but one where I was below the range of matched applicants. Then my work experience would be in the middle 50%. The important thing here is that as a med student in your fourth year and who's deciding to do dermatology, you have a pretty reasonable idea of where you have the best chance uh, based on you know, your scores and uh, what you know, you've done with step one, step two CK, publications, research, your volunteer work, and then work. And so what we wanna do is figure out, okay, as a pharmacy resident to be, what are the things that I can do to kind of figure that out? So let's get started. Okay, so what I've done is I've created the Pharmacy Residency Podcast Newsletter on LinkedIn. Uh, I think we have, uh, we're close to a thousand subscribers. Uh, so just started it, um, gosh, a week and a half ago. Uh, so pretty excited that, that we've got a, a good group following. And so the way to, to follow that, just put in Pharmacy Residency Podcast and then newsletter, LinkedIn, and, and you'll be able to find it. Um, I'm sure there's some way to change this number, and I haven't done that yet. So whenever I figure that out, I will, I will let you know. Okay. But what I did was our first step along this path in lesson one in getting a pharmacy residency is knowing where you are as a school in terms of your interview rate. Okay. So uh, I posted uh, about uh, the first step in getting a residency as an interview, and this is a post. This is not the newsletter. Uh, I'll send this out in the in the newsletter. But the first step in getting a residency is earning an interview. While many focus on the match rate, there can be no match without an interview. And so what I did was I took the top 15 schools to earn a residency interview, which looks absolutely nothing like the top 15 schools in the U.S. News and World Report list of best pharmacy schools. And so what I wanted to do was create a situation where we have multiple ways of looking at your school to inform your next steps. Okay, So if you are in one of these schools, your school is one of the best in the country at getting you an interview. And what is crazy is how different this group is than the group that uh, we look at in the U.S. News and World Report as the best pharmacy school. So Earning a residency is a completely different thing than something, some school being like an R1 great research university and so forth. And the US News algorithm 
in some ways very much favors uh, how much money a school has, how big a school is, and those types of things. Okay. So when we look at this, we see that the first four schools, the ones that had 100% of their students get an interview, that tried for an interview, uh, was AUHS, which is in, I think it's Signal Hill, California. I keep pronouncing this one wrong. It's like Hudson, Cedarville, and University of Puerto Rico. Okay, those four, every single student that was uh, registered for the match uh, ended up moving into active with the list. Okay, no surprise here, UCSF at 97.14%, Thomas Jefferson at 97.06%, Finlay, 96%, Wayne State, 94.44%, UNC, again, no surprise, 94.32%, Iowa, 94.12%, Rhode Island, 94.03%, Neomed, 94%, Drake, 93.75%, Binghamton, 93.55%, and University of Connecticut, 93.33%. So when we're talking about schools and moving someone from that point where they want to do a residency, and they have ranked schools, that means that, what it really means is that not only did they get an interview, but they got an interview at a place that they were happy enough that they were going to actually rank the place and say, okay, well, I would do a residency there. And again, I, I created the Pharmacy School Rankings for Residency book just to put all of these in order, just so I have them available to me as I'm working with students throughout the residency season. So this is your first step, okay? So, you know, the first thing you need to do is figure out, okay, how good does my school do at getting students the interview, okay? And you don't have to buy my book. You can just do this math yourself. I use the book for myself. Um, let me show you how to do the math. Here we are with the ASHP uh, resident matching and the statistics of the match. To go from registered here to active with list, okay, you are going to rank a pharmacy residency as some place that you would like to spend the next year. But for any reasonable person to make it so that you're going to be active with list, you not only have to have earned an interview, you have to have earned an interview that you are happy enough with, that you are willing to go there for a year, okay? So the way that I calculate the interview rate, okay, is to take the number that is active with the list and I put it over the registered. So you just go to whatever your school is and then you put it with active with list over registered. So um, when we talk about, so let's find AUHS since we're in California here anyway, okay? Signal Hill, California, three people applied for a residency and went into registered. Three people were active with the list, okay? Uh, we look at, oops, Hassan, I just, that, that really bugs me that I can't pronounce. Okay, I've verified it's Hassan, feel better about it. Uh, so when we go down to Hassan, uh, which is Bangor, Maine, We'd go down to ME. Uh, I only know that because uh, it's MD, or I sometimes gets confused with those. But Hassan had eight, and then eight of them all got interviews. Okay, 
And then you just go to the next one, Cedarville, same thing. And I feel like Cedarville is in Ohio. Okay. And then we go down there and we see that, okay, yep, 24 out of 24 of those that uh, were registered, got an interview, and then Puerto Rico, um, okay, same thing, 9 out of 9. Okay, and these are smaller numbers uh, when we talk about uh, these first groups. So UCSF, um, they're obviously going to have a much, much bigger number. And we've got, what, California, so we're going to go to San Fran. And you've got 105, all but three of those 105 had to have received at least an interview. And they must have had an interview that they felt good about, that they felt like they wanted to have residency with. And really, all 105 might have gotten an interview. But three of them might have said, you know, I got interviews at places that, that I really wouldn't, wouldn't want to spend a year at after going to the interview and so forth. So I don't necessarily like the word interview rate or the term interview rate, but what I want to do is get past just having match rate. So we will be using interview rate. Uh, which is kind of how well a school moves someone from registered to active with list, the match rate, how well someone's matched, okay, from active with list, but also a persistence rate, where of those that registered in the very beginning, how many of those actually matched? And we'll talk about those later. Okay, so step one, let's figure out what our class is and what in the interview rate is. And I know what I'm going to do next is tell you where that rank. All right, so this is a sample of the Kindle version that you can look at, Pharmacy School Rankings for Residency, Solving the Applications Puzzle <clears throat> for Future Pharmacists. And the way that you do this is you really want to put them into kind of five groups, although I've, I've got them in 10 groups. Uh, if you want to know, okay, where is my school? You just look at the group and add a zero. So if you are in interview group rate interview rate group one, which is what I posted on LinkedIn, you are in the top 10% of schools. Okay, so 93% to 100%, that is around the top 10. Now the problem is, is that there's ties, so sometimes there's going to be some overlap. Okay, so if you're in group two, you're in the top 20%, 90 to 92%. Okay, and so when we kind of keep going down here, when we see 75, that's the middle point because we're using about 150 schools. It's, it's a bit less than that, um, like 148, I think. Um, so when we talk about the middle, so the middle is right around 84% so to kind of see where you stand. And what this does is, is this gives you a really good idea of how many applications you kind of are starting to think about. Now we're going to talk about match rate, we're going to talk about persistence rate, but the first thing you want to kind of do is, okay, how many applications do I need to start sending? The average is around 11 or 12, uh, and that is a good number. You may be able to send a, a bit fewer. Um, some people go seven for seven or eight for eight in terms of getting an interview. And then some people go one for 12, none for 12, and so forth. And it really is a matter of you know kind of paying attention to that okay so let's go back to see what we can do with that so let's say that you know you're uh, in town and when i say in town i mean in the state of iowa uh, and you've got like a 94 percent chance of getting an interview okay what that really means is that your letter of intent your cv 
and your letters of recommendation are all congruent enough and that you are in your letters of recommendation you are getting that top box uh, which is highly recommend that's what that means okay so once you realize okay this is my chance of getting an interview this is where you kind of start saying all right well where do i stand okay in terms of getting an interview and the more you the lower the the number then the more time you're going to want to spend on those three activities that is the letter of intent the cv and getting your letters of recommendation so these schools that are you know kind of on the screen now you're you're in really good shape uh, i would be very confident that you're going to have some interviews that you're going to uh, be able to interview for a residency uh, and that you'll move on to the next step now i'll get to the match rate which in many ways is very different than this first step because what happens is is that not only are you competing in okay my interview is better than this other person but you're also competing in some ways against my school's reputation is better than this person's and when you look at the match rates as it compares to the interview rates you see that oh man you know um, some schools are not favored by some sites and other schools are very much favored by sites and so you want to be very judicious as to where you apply when we get to kind of that match rate part of it which will not be tonight okay so first lesson figure out what are your chances of getting an interview based on the school of pharmacy you're in it's unlikely that when you uh, applied to pharmacy school you even thought to look at something like this but what you want to know is what percentage of people are moving on from registered to active with list that have really kind of set the bar for how well your school is doing with those you know the big three the letter of intent where it's the only real opportunity for you to distinguish yourself from others the CV, which you kind of have to input most of it anyway, but the CV is really more of a checkbox thing where what they're doing is kind of matching it up against a rubric and you want to make sure that, you know, you have everything in there. So it looks like, okay, I got my research done, my leadership done, my teaching done, my you know, work experience at a hospital done and so forth. And then your letters of recommendation, man, we'll talk about this later, but you got to ask the hard question at the start and I know many of you are not going to want to, but you have to ask that question. Are you able to write a positive recommendation for me? And if they say no, that is a gift that, yeah, at first it hurts. And you're like, why? What, what did I do wrong? But what it is, is it really only takes one toxic recommendation for a residency site to kind of take you off the list. And so if you have three positive recommendations, if you have a good CV with the big five, the clinical, the teaching, the service, the research and the leadership, and 
some work experience, whether in community, uh, probably better in hospital if you're applying to hospital. Your grades are okay and so forth, or at least meet their mark. Uh, just to know that while some rubrics do give more for better grades, uh, other rubrics just say, look, if you're over 3-2, we don't care. Look, that's it. That you've, you've cleared the hurdle. We, we want to see what kind of person you are. Uh, we're not worried that you, you, know, you, you got a 3-8 instead of a 3-2. Uh, that's really not a thing. Um, and then, you know, did you articulate in your one to two page letter of intent that you are a good match? And be careful. The number one mistake that people make with letter of intent is trying to beat everybody by qualification. That is, they're like, I did this and I did that and then I did this and see, I did more than the other guys. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that I did this and you're great at training this and I did that and this is really a place that if you want to go into that, that's the place to go. Uh, that's what they really want to see. So, okay, well, first step, um, we'll kind of come with our second lesson next time, which is to look at the match rate and see what the match rate really means. And, um, you know, I hope this is helpful. Uh, if you want to start working with me, residency.teachable.com, uh, you can always go into the, the free course if you want just kind of a broad overview. But if you want someone working with you one-on-one -on -one with the letter of intent, uh, kind of holding your hand through some parts of it, like just having somebody that you can ask questions about the process, uh, especially if you're maybe coming from up north. Like I know that uh, sometimes uh, those that are Canadian uh, have it a little bit different and that some residency sites are very friendly to Canadians and others are not so much. Um, those types of questions, I'll, I'll try to answer them best I can. So TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com and my site is residency.teachable.com. Of course, you can get the pharmacy school rankings for residency uh, to help support the show. That'd be great. Uh, but again, you can do the math on your own. Uh, you're only doing it for one school. But if you're kind of wanting to see where you rank, um, you still can kind of get that free version just going into uh, Amazon. And I'll show you how to do it. Uh, you just go to the look inside, Pharmacy School Rankings for Residency. And then you just kind of scroll down uh, all the way down to the rankings. And it'll give you the interview rates. Uh, and you don't pay anything. And, and it's going to be there. And then um, soon I will be having, uh, I've recorded it. I've sent it to Audible or they're going to send it back to me. I've recorded the audiobook version, so we should have the pharmacy school rankings for residency, uh, hopefully within the month, and I'll be able to give those free codes uh, to those on my email list. So if you want to be on the email list, Tony, nope, pharmacyresidencypodcast.com. Just kind of scroll up uh, and uh, just put in your name and email. You don't have to put anything else in, and I'd love to connect with you. All right, well, again, signing off, Tony the Pharmacist at gmail.com.